Welcome to Planetary Overload. I'm AJ Heyer. And I'm Cole Hughes. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we introduce you to new hobbies. Think of us like a starting point or a tutorial where to start. Make sure to send this to your friends if you already take part in this hobby and want to share it. Which might be a bit hard today because, I mean, today's topic, I don't think there's a single person, at least in the Western world, that just hasn't heard about this yet. I'm sure people, I think a lot of people have heard about it and either really, really enjoy it or are like, oh, those weirdos who like anime. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of the reason why we started this podcast was oh, yeah. to break down like that sort of stereo Yeah, the, the stereotyping and the stigma behind each of the hobbies that we're talking about. Especially our geekier hobbies. Yeah, like rock collecting. <laughs> <laughs> that was such an awesome episode. I'm still mad I couldn't get like a rock professor onto yeah, the that's okay. <laughs> episode. Uh, today, we're going to be doing... Anime. Can you explain to us what anime is? Well, anime is, it's an animation of um, drawings or characters in that it kind of really has this drawback to Japanese animation style, Mm -hmm. even though anime is actually just a shortened version of animation for any sort of culture. Yeah, it's, it's literally cartoons, but when you talk about anime, you're talking about a specific type of cartoon. Right, right. And what people think of is the Japanese style of animation. So that's really what we're talking about now is Japanese anime. Which can get kind of confusing because now it's kind of like its own style because you right. can get stuff like Ruby, which some of you might know is a Rooster Teeth production, but they're mm-hmm. based in Austin. But Yeah, and, it's... and like The Last Airbender. A lot of people say that's anime, which I am one of them. But it is based here in the Western area. It's it's written by animators who grew up watching Dragon Ball Z right. in anime. So right. the word anime is the. So we're gonna go into our Wikipedia definition. I'm just gonna make such it, a reliable source. <laughs> just gonna make that its own segment. The Wikipedia <laughs> definitions. But I mean, in all honesty. If you were going to research anything, that's where you start. Of like course, the, of course. The Wikipedia article that shows up at the top of the Google search. So the word anime is the Japanese term for animation, which means a form of animated media. If you don't know what that is, I suggest going back to school. Outside of ouch, Japan... Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what animation is. Okay. Uh, outside of Japan, anime refers specifically to animation from Japan or as Japanese disseminated animation style often characterized by vibrant characters and fantastical themes. Of course, there's also certain genres you associate with anime and certain tropes that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The culturally abstract approach to the world's meaning may open up the possibility of anime produced in countries other than Japan. Many Westerners strictly view anime as a Japanese animation product. Some scholars suggest redefining anime as specifically or quintessentially Japanese may be related to a new form of Orientalism. And if you want to look into that, just open up Wikipedia and search anime. So (laughs) it's a lot of words, but in essence, it's just animation that is inspired by or is Japanese. Right. It's taken from Japanese culture. Like you see a lot of, of course, there's bento boxes and certain uh, school systems or that sort of thing, uniforms, etc. So you may be wondering, AJ, Colleen, what, what, why are you guys making this a hobby? If it's, why is it not just watching cartoons? Because anime is such its own thing. It definitely has a community surrounded around it. Surrounded around it. Yeah, that's... that's... (laughs) uh, There's definitely a community conglomeration around anime that isn't necessarily around cartoons. Although, a lot of adults will still enjoy cartoons, which is completely fine. Yeah, I think the reason being is that anime tends to... Its themes will Mm -hmm. tend to go towards a young adult or adult audience, specifically high schoolers and older. So it's, it's weird for us as... Westerners, people who grew up in America, right? Those Europe. Saturday, Sunday morning cartoons that are definitely viewed for like Children. junior shows or yeah, to Disney see Junior or whatever. Right, and it's weird to see like these what you consider because well, we grew up animation was for kids, mm-hmm. and then you see this 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 animation. 
that doesn't that looks a bit different. But then suddenly there's people with swords and they're cutting each other and right. there's death and there's like really heavy themes. There's some pretty like there's demons, there's yeah. gore, there's so much more. Yeah. But I mean, and there's also kids anime. Mm-hmm. So but it's the reason that it's it's not strictly viewed for kids that there is this big culture around it. Right. And and we'll get into what is around this. So the majority of this hobby is just consuming anime. It's just by watching it and and you know going online streaming it. If you like your subs or your dubs and we'll go into that in our yes, just definitions later. later, but and then watching it. But there's a little bit of some other things that can go along with that. You can collect the merchandise around specific animes. So this is getting the this is getting the the pop figures. Oh yes, the pop <laughs> figures, the body pillowcases. <laughs> you could do that on your own research if you don't know what those are. <laughs> also, you know, shirts. There's a lot of anime yes. shirts. There's a lot of uh, posters. Yeah, I all mean, of that sort of thing. Anything that was like that would be around a regular show in the United States, but more sometimes. Right, right. You could also collect the media. So when I say collect the media, I mean like you go out and you try to find like original Japanese CDs that were mm-hmm. CDs, DVDs. They don't put things on CDs. No. For, nope. Well, unless it's a soundtrack, but different, <laughs> different. So DVDs, VHS, movies. Yes, I said VHS. Yeah, no, like. <laughs> totally. Totally a thing like that you can find old and Japanese VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. To watch them, though, you might want to learn another language. <laughs> yeah. Cosplaying, I, I put down in my notes here, can almost have its own show. Oh, yes, I think so. Definitely. Because it's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily strictly anime. Mm-hmm. Because you can cosplay, like. Video games. Video games, um, movies, shows. Like it's like Halloween, except taken so much more seriously. The reason I did include it in this episode, though, is because I think it primarily started with probably, anime, probably mm-hmm. because of those vi- uh, vibrant colors and those vibrant characters that are so deep and intricate, and people mm. really want to relate to them. So, so that's pretty cool. The anime industry is freaking huge. Oh, it's it is it's, incredibly large. It's huge. <laughs> oh it's it's one of the biggest industries I've ever heard of. Maybe you shouldn't do that. I'm gonna keep doing it because it's comedic effect. <laughs> it's huge. Okay. Oh, I I also forgot to add. Um, collecting the books and manga. Oh, a yes. lot of a lot of. Oh, manga is just Japanese comic. It's that same thing like it's, how anime is right. Japanese animation. Manga right. is Japanese, Japanese comic, comic books. Except they're usually longer and you read them back to front. Yeah, yeah. Which just, the reason you do that is because the the cells, so the different pictures when they're put together, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're written in the original Japanese, the action happens in the way that their language is formed. Correct. So you read it opposite because they read read right Right to left. left. Not left to right. (laughs) If you're ever interested in that, we could... uh, There will definitely be, but the reason I bring it up is because anime typically is based off of a manga. Right. There's not a lot of anime series that you see that don't have some stem in an original manga. Funny enough, the biggest money-making anime was its own original idea and then became an Hmm. uh, manga after. You've probably heard of Evangelion. I actually not have heard of that. Evangelion is... um, is a 90s anime which started a lot of the tropes mm. it's like one of the original it started all the modern tropes of anime okay it's it's worth 4.4 billion dollars incredible amounts of money <laughs> which goes great into our next point according to the association of japanese animators the market recorded a 100 point a 108.0 growth in highest sales in 2017 Crossing the true trillion yen mark d- driven by overseas sales. <laughs> and that ends up being about $10 billion. And by the way, they do this by year, so that was $10 billion in a year. That's in- it, it's incredible. Truly. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's so much money. I don't know what to do. Can I have that much money? Um, Depends. Are you, you going to become... An anime person? I'm going to become the new world order. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking no of which, speaking of which, our next episode is going to be on music collecting, which means we're bringing on the biggest conspiracy theorist in the station. Oh my god. He's coming. He's like a supernatural character. Like we always talk about him in all of our shows. <laughs> yeah, I would de- I would definitely say he could be like that dark the you the dark aura you see in some characters in anime. That would be Jake's corner of the office. <laughs> If you're familiar. (laughs) Okay. Gold, take us into the supernova facts. All right. So we want to give you kind of a laydown of the history. And that's the first Japanese animated film was was shown in theaters around 1916 to 1917. There really isn't much information before that period of time. And there probably were some sort of animated films before then. But a lot of history and stuff was destroyed or was disintegrated because of earthquakes, um, the bombings of World War II. And of course, this stuff was made from chalk and like these paper, yeah. this this type of paper that was really flammable and just disintegrated by itself. So right. it's, you don't have a lot of rec- record here. Yeah, something that degrades over time. And this is during the time, the late 1910s and the early 20s and the 1920s, where they started to do moving pictures. So right. there might have possibly been stuff before this, but it wasn't on a grand scale. It was probably some random inventor or something like that. Right. It was was probably on a much smaller scale where just local people knew about it. We just know that probably the first one shown more widely was in 1916, 1917. And it made of chalk. Yes. And it was about five minutes or less. Definitely not going to look like what we think of anime is today. Definitely (laughs) not. But it was an animated story. Oh, interesting. There are three creators that were considered the fathers of anime. They just all came together and were like, we should do this. And manga kind of started before that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yeah, we ha- you, it's, it's in a time where we didn't have streaming devices. Right. TVs were not widely in everybody's homes. So mm-hmm. how did you consume media? It was through newspapers and magazines. Right. All right, so they were manga creators. That's Oten uh, Shimokawa and Yunichi Kochi. Kochi, and then a painter who collaborated with them, Siotaro. I think so. And then uh, Kitayama, uh, or Siotaro Kitayama, I believe. I'm very sorry if I butchered those. (laughs) You can look it up, I promise. We don't know Japanese, and... Some of the names can be very hard to pronounce, so we apologize. We're not meaning to offend. Right, right. Just want to try to get those names out there. Now, the earlier films were actually silent films, mm. so there wasn't any sound associated with them. Of course, we have we know from early history in America that films were silent, black and white, that sort of thing. So that's where anime kind of started, was it was silent, less than five minutes long. Five minutes was going to be the longest, mm-hmm. and that was just what the technology and, had the ability to reach. And again, we don't reach like the recognizable what anime looks like mm-hmm. or like feels like until much later. Right, right. And then around the 1930s is when you get talkies, which are films that have sound. And so that's where they recorded voices and put them over the animation And most of that was associated with propaganda for the time frame. And this was the first use of cell animation. And that's where basically you have a background that you've already put out on this paper and then kind of a clear background over that with the characters and you move those around. For reference of what this looks like, think of Bugs Bunny, Mm -hmm. you know, Looney Tunes. Those were all cell animation. Original Disney films, again, Cell animation. Those, was, those original, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. T- the steamboat and everything. Yep. That's cell animation. Basically, anything before the 80s that was 2D. I mean, 3D didn't exist before the 80s. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, before computers existed, it was all cell animated. Right. For the most part. Mm-hmm. And then the first full length film came about in, at least in Japanese anime, in 1945 ish. And that was Motoro Sacred Sailors. That's the mm. name of the film. And it's actually about two Navy mi- mice, which is interesting. <laughs> I know. 
but it was a propaganda film, of course, during World War II. Mm-hmm. And what it really wanted to show people was the hope, uh, the hope of peace. And then a more recognizable name for a film that we really saw in America was The Tale of the White Serpent. That's in English, by the way, the, mm-hmm. the titles that I'm naming. Those are all in English. They do have Japanese names. Mm-hmm. But The Tale of the White Serpent was... One of the bigger budgeted films right. that made it over to America around 1963-ish or 61-63-ish. And it wasn't the first one to come over to America, but it was the most recognizable and the most popular. Yeah, I mean, popular being subjective to this time period. Mm-hmm. There was like probably small communities on the West Coast that probably right. watched it. Not, not very big. F- we don't really get to those big like names that you might recognize until Voltron. 1990s no yeah. no before then gungan voltron yeah those all got ported yeah, those were the, yeah. the robots time period which started <laughs> with this anime the 1960s is where we get anime on tv mm-hmm. and that's where you get astro boy and again there is a japanese name that i it's not able to pronounce, but everyone knows it as Astro Boy. Right. And they still use cells at that point, too. It was just a pretty quick turnaround. And Astro Boy is definitely like where we get that first case of the big eyes, like what you would think anime like mm-hmm. character design to right. look like. Right, the character design, round features, the big eyes, mm-hmm. like the cute. The cu- cutesy right. type thing. Right, and that's where you really get into your like technological characters like robots and stuff like that. Gungan. <laughs> yes. So much Gundam. <laughs> I mean, most people recognize, like, if you don't watch anime, you probably think of, like, Pacific Rim, which mm-hmm. is a Western movie. It's literally, like, the idea of what early anime was about. Big robots, big monsters. You think right. of Godzilla and stuff like that. Right. So that's what this this whole period's like. Robots future it's a very futuristic yeah it's very like okay what are we looking to in the future didn't really want to focus on what was happening now yeah yeah Um, wasn't the nicest time cold war uh, vietnam korea all those uh proxy wars and history that were started because of the cold war a lot of the times of course art is affected by what's going on now right right but now it's my favorite period in anime. <laughs> and that's where we go to 1980s, 1990s, where budgets started to be increased as it got to be more popular. And that's where you get like Sailor Moon. That's the time frame of that. And Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon how Ball could, Z. How could you mention the 1980s without mentioning like the biggest one ever? I mean, this is this is what this is what started to like. Obviously, we had Voltron. We had an American version of Voltron that yes. was available. And but this Dragon Ball Z, in Dragon Ball, I um, prefer the the reboot of Voltron personally. <laughs> which one? <laughs> which the newest ones? <laughs> um, but like Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball were started to get adopted and then dubbed mm-hmm. into America. You think of your, we you know our Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. Obviously, those are when we were kids, and we don't know the specific channels. Back in the 90s. that But the most important part is that this is when American networks were picking up these, licensing these animes. And then you get stuff like the the Ghibli films, which were Mm -hmm. licensed by Warner Brothers, I believe, to be uh, voiced by very big name actors Mm -hmm. in America. And then we kind of... After the 2000s, we get the computer animation starts and right. Naruto, Bleach, One Piece. Name any yes. like <laughs> of those big Pokemon. Pokemon. Po- we can't mm-hmm. not name Pokemon, right. which a lot of people wouldn't think like, oh, my gosh, it's originally an anime mm-hmm. until they were older. I mean, when I was watching, I didn't think I thought it was just the cartoon yeah. that was like yeah. it looked a little bit different from what I was used to. I didn't think it was originally Japanese when I was a kid. I don't know. Audience, you may think I'm dumb, but I mean, I was a kid, so yeah, you know. And which, and what I found interesting about this time period was so many of those original Japanese animation companies held on to the cell, the cell mm-hmm. animation for so long. Like, I think one of the last ones to move into digital animation was like in 2013. Yeah, yeah, it's because it has such a feel to it, right? There is a I remember some. I remember watching a like three-hour explanation about a five-minute scene, 
in mm. one of the Neon Genesis movies. So there's different styles to animation. I'm not an animator. I never, never would be one. I'm, it's too hard. I don't have that type of patience. Oh, no. But normally what they do in the industry is the animators will come in. They'll write the main poses, right? Right. For for the And then they'll have, like, interns come in and then fill in mm-hmm. in between uh, for the cell animation. So, But I got, like, a three-hour explanation about how that for this one fight scene, they got the the animator to do every single frame. Mm. And the results were amazing because it, you could actually feel like the... Because in Neon Genesis, it's one of those robot ones. Right. So it's like this giant robot and you got like the feel of the weight because it actually is a giant metal thing. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it was heavy and every punch had contact. And it was... It's really cool. And then obviously you have... Our childhood, if you're like 20s, 30s, something right mm-hmm. now, you have our childhood, Spirited Away, Bleach, right. Naruto, mm-hmm. One Piece, Pokemon, Digimon. And then we get into our Western cartoons that take the animation style of anime. Right, which, which I'd mentioned before. Which um, Cole would argue is anime. Yes, because the style is that way and it takes cultural norms from it. Avatar The Last Airbender probably Probably you're not a fan of the movie. <laughs> just watch the end. Just, just, just watch, watch the, the show. show. <laughs> but there is, like, this is a very community-driven thing, and there will be disagreements on mm-hmm. what is what. There's a lot of, I mean, just with anything. There's a lot of genres associated with it. Yeah, you think of, like, kids' cartoons. I mean, there's genres that you can name for any sort of show. visual and video mm-hmm. media. That's, like, action, adventure, comedy, drama. The slice of life. That's, that's that huge. Earn, yeah, that earns a little bit more of an explanation, though. Mm-hmm. Because slice of life is what you see in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, over-dramatized, generally. Over-dramatized. Over-dramatic. Over-dramatic. Over-dramatized. No, that's not well, it. Well, one thing you learn about if you want to learn more about this, all, every, because it's... And this is the big thing about anime. Because you're taking stuff from manga, mm-hmm. because you're taking stuff from these comic books, generally in comics... Faces are always over dramatized because right. they only they don't, they're trying to do animation within. Right. You have so, to show emotion even more so, mm-hmm. and that's a common trope or theme of anime is like being way over dramatic. Like you have those big voices or those like itty bitty small voices, mm-hmm. or, or the faces where they have like the different like the sweat yeah. or the shadows or the I nose wa- bleeds. <laughs> I watched a I watched a video uh, by Caleb City where it said. If anime characters took their bleeding seriously, oh my god, <laughs> no! And he got he got punched and and then it, it it's it's a trope. It always happens when you get punched like a little bit. Blood of, spurts out of your mouth. Yeah, but then he stopped. He's like, "Do I want to keep fighting? No, call an ambulance." He's like, "No, it happens to all of us." He's like, right. "No, get get." What are you talking about? I think I have a punctured lung. Like, <laughs> right. But it's that the reason it is like that is because they're taking and they're taking like. They're taking the inspiration from mm-hmm. these comic books and these comic books because they're not like 60 frames per second. I don't think right. they've animated, they animated 28 frames per second because they're taking these. They're still shots of action. And so yeah. it has to be over-dramatized. Yeah. Over-dramatized. Like you said, Slice of Life, that's a mm-hmm. very... You also, like I was talking later, Gundam, which literally just means robot. Right. Robot, you'll you'll have a lot of... Recently, we've been getting a lot of fantasy-type right. ones. They're, I enjoy fantasy-type ones. That's me. <laughs> the, uh, the, the community has been calling them isekai, which just means, like, stuck in a different world. Mm. So a lot of these fantasy-type shows are literally like, oh, I'm stuck in a video game. They're not... Actually, like right. sort of online. Yeah, sort of online was the the one that literally started that, and we could get a lot of that. But that's not this show. That's not this show. It, there's tons of of mad nerds about that show. You can watch them that. But okay, yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in anime that you might enjoy and that you might be taken back right. about it. There's um, a lot of over sexualization. There is majority towards women yeah there are some animes you can tell that are for more of a female audience that aren't mm-hmm. over sexualized at least for the women it's more towards the men mm-hmm. which is i always thought was an interesting concept well you always find every character in anime has like a six-pack they mm. have like really done up hair 
attractive facial groups for women it's it's bigger hips much bigger busts mm-hmm. and and non-existent waist so right. it doesn't you know uh think of uh what's her name from uh hercules oh uh oh uh God. yeah but I know who you're talking the, about. the 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 girl that hercules falls in love with mm-hmm. that that sort of deal like totally non-realistic right <laughs> the proportions don't make sense. You think of Dragon Ball Z, the guys are all shredded and they're like <laughs> six foot seven, and it's yes. it's it's a lot of. And somehow their hair always stays, <laughs> stays that way. Up. <laughs> they're aliens. <laughs> That's the explanation. They're aliens. Well, there's also like subgenres associated with anime mm. too. Under those, like cyberpunk, there's game we talked about gaming that's a little bit about what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. uh demons martial arts history military post-apocalyptic school that's going to be your slice of life yeah yep. and then vampires and, and just so like many more any creative like thing you're going to have your your triple a your indie productions mm-hmm. and then everything in between so one thing we did mention earlier that we need to point out is you will find that some animes will not have English translations. Mm-hmm. So that's when they're called sub versus dub. Right. Our interview guest will talk about this. Right. So he actually was a dubbing actor. Right. So what that means is uh, you dub English over the mouth the, an- the animation, the mouth flaps mm-hmm. of... <laughs> it doesn't always work. Right. It doesn't always work. You can sometimes see the difference, but there are writers out there that will just watch and rewatch and rewatch the same episode oh and with and computers. translate and translate from japanese to english and it has to make sense in english because because a lot of the times japanese culture has certain jokes and things like that that don't make sense to us like leaks are really funny yeah even though and it has to do really. something with like how the word a lot of their a lot of their stuff is wordplay mm-hmm. so a lot of their like their jokes happen with like if you shorten this word it makes a funny noise or like right. it, it means something else but it means this it's so it's the it's a very fine art of trying to translate it and make it sense right and that's where you get kind of this divide of people who either watch subtitle or watch dub or watch both i think Personally, you should watch both so you can see both sides. I think it just doesn't matter. You just take your <laughs> preference. I think this argument is silly. Like people being sub dub. I don't care. Just give me just the give me the anime. Give me okay. the anime. So uh, we are going to go into our interview segment with Dakota James. He is a actor, cosplayer, and worked at Funimation. So here's our interview with Dakota James. I'm here with actor, voice actor, and cosplayer Dakota James. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Well, like your lovely intro, uh, I am an actor. I'm a what's considered semi-professional, so I'm not part of the union quite yet, but I'm working towards that. Um, however, I do get paid for my work on a contractual basis. Um, I've worked through many local stage theaters as well as um, some regional theaters and I have uh, also worked for Funimation doing different voices for you know a a plethora of different characters lots of shouting and grunts and (laughs) all that jazz that goes into it good old anime gasps and grunts (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, can you tell us a bit about your experience within Funimation uh yeah of course um you know, there's, of course, I'm under uh, certain NDAs, so there's certain things that I can't really disclose. Mostly, usually, it's about shows themselves, if there's any projects I'm working on. Right. However, um, my overall experience working for them has been really positive. Um, usually, they have a great and very, very professional environment. Um, you go in, and they're very quick. You know, they, they value your time, mm-hmm. you know, especially uh, nowadays when you're busy every like 10 seconds, you know, your time is really valuable, especially as an actor, because you have different rehearsals and multiple projects going on. So they uh, cater to that very, very nicely. So uh, let's say we have a lot of audience members. This, uh, this podcast is about getting into new hobbies. So they might not be familiar with the process. Can Mm -hmm. you take us a bit through the voice acting process? Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting. Actually, there's, there's lots of 
there's lots of factors, right? So one, the location that you live is a huge factor in and itself, right? I mean, if you are living in the middle of, you know, Mississippi, nowhere, Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of opportunities are you going to have? I mean, thankfully, nowadays, we do have lots of technology and we can do recordings. Uh, I mean, people have access to great mics if they're willing to drop some money on it and stuff. But when you're first getting into it, it's super easy uh, to live in an area, you know, like L.A. And here in Texas, we have some places as well. Um, But once you are able to, you know, find that place and you're getting those auditions booked on through their website and uh, hopefully you'll land one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it's just kind of a matter of luck really. And, you know, just interpreting and every time that you go in and audition, you try to give something different, a different side of you, a different try, different voices, mm-hmm. you know, and see and really trying to stretch your abilities and show what you got to them. Sounds like a lot of time to learn all that. Yeah, it, it can take a while, but you know, it's just like, it's just like lots of things in life, right? Mm-hmm. You always want to do a little bit every day and eventually you'll just get better and better. You know, it's like, you know, figuring out any type of skill like cooking or, you know, um, working out or dieting or, you know, Mm -hmm. anything. Right. Um, So let's say you are about to voice a character in XYZ Mm -hmm. anime. Do you get introduced to the character from the original anime? Do you hear their voice or do you get just told Mm -hmm. like uh, a, a feel of what you're going for? Yeah, so kind of how that works is most of the time, um, the anime has already been completely finished um, on the original side. So normally it's in uh, Japanese, right? Right. So normally they'll have the full show pretty much all done on there. And sometimes that show is already released, you know, and sometimes in uh, second or third season by the time that... Um, us in North America receive it. Yeah, because then so, Funimation will license it to be dubbed, which we talked earlier about in the in this episode. Exactly, bit. yeah. So most of the time what happens is you'll, you know, get into your recording booth and uh, they'll have multiple monitors available for you right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And they will play, they'll have uh, your lines on one side and, you know, they'll highlight them for you. Right. And right. then on the other screens, you'll have the, obviously the anime or the scene that's playing. Oh, so and you what have to see do... the actual anime as you voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Continue. At least that's the Funimation studios that I've worked in. I'm pretty sure it's mostly standard for that to happen because it really gives you the ability as an actor, if you can visually see what's happening, you can kind of recreate that kind of action. You know, if you're getting hit, it's really helpful. It's like, oh, I'm being hit by in the head by a, a club, and it's really funny. Oh, well, being able to see that is really important when you're voicing because maybe it's more of a silly kind of grunt, you know, mm-hmm. or if you're getting, you know, sliced with the sword or something, and it, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be a different sound than I'm getting bonked on the head, you know. Right, uh, right. Yeah, and so they'll, they'll play the scene for you, and usually, depending on the director, because they all have their different styles of directing, they'll play the scene that you're about to voice mm-hmm. and they'll usually give you kind of a description of what's happening in the episode because uh, like I previously said, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it could be a new anime that's not even, you know, it's new in Japan and it's going to be brand new in here. Right. So you've never even seen a, a even a split second of it. So you have no idea what's going on. So they usually explain, you know, a little bit of the background of, you know, what's happening and, you know, they'll play the Japanese version and obviously we won't sound anything like uh, the Japanese. They kind of have a very specific style and North America tries to do a different type of styling when right. it comes to it. And then, yeah, and then you'll read your lines after that. <laughs> uh, I know you have some NDAs, uh, but can you tell us a little bit of the animes that you may have, uh, that you have voice act that you're allowed to talk about that maybe the audience can maybe find those shows and be like, Hey, I heard them on a, on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can speak of past projects that I've done for sure. Um, let's see. I, I think honestly, the anime that I, I personally worked on the most is probably one piece. Yes. It's a huge, <laughs> huge, huge show. My God. It's got like, thousands of episodes i can't remember how many it has and it's 
still going to this day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been a lot of different voices. I couldn't even name the the list. I mean, there's just so many, like everything from like slightly minor lead characters to mm-hmm. like just super super tiny little grunt soldiers. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in there uh, somewhere all, all over the place. <laughs> um, so even within I the go- oh sorry. Continue. No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, even within the same anime, you will voice several different characters. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. They really try to stretch you as much as you're able to. And based on your ability, sometimes people are able to have really different variations of voices. And sometimes people have like a really solid, specific type. Um, and at least as far as I, I go, most of the directors that would hire me, they really liked how I could go fairly high, but also kind of do a lower register as well. So I would play lots of like big grunty soldiers and stuff like that. And then I'd play like really high nasally people and stuff. So, <laughs> hmm. that is, I, I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, back in the, you know, quite i mean man what would it be like 90s and whatnot mm-hmm. they when it was a anime was still getting kind of dubbed newly in the north america it wasn't quite as like the machine it is now yeah through like um, the popularity of uh, evangelion and all those uh popular mm-hmm. 90s animes yeah and especially in animes kind of like uh dragon ball z mm. um a lot of the main actors voice actors also voice acted uh, random small little characters that you might not have even noticed, and that was mostly because it just wasn't as big of a machine as it is nowadays, where we have so many actors clamoring to you know play those random bits and whatnot. So it's kind of funny when I go back and see old animes, and uh, I'm like, oh, that, they've reused the main character's voice because nowadays <laughs> you rarely see the main character doing other characters unless it's something like very specific mm. in the show or reason for it or it's their voice is so they're able to change their voice so drastically that you wouldn't even notice it was them potentially without mm-hmm. a trainer. exactly yep and there's some people that are just very very good at it Alrighty, so uh let's let's switch gears a little bit uh thank you so much for talking about your funimation uh experience i know funimation is based yeah. in texas so uh, that's part mm-hmm. of the reason uh, where you're based is very important for something like that. But let's switch gears to cosplaying. I know that just from working with you and talking about you, uh, w- with you, sorry, excuse me, um, uh, <laughs> you've done some cosplaying. And cosplaying is something that is a lot of anime and game fans, people that play video games mm-hmm. do. What draws you to that hobby in particular? Well, you know, it's just, it's just pure fun. And, Someone like me who's, I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm an artist, you know, like right. I, and I'm a stage actor. So it, it, so many parts of cosplaying kind of fall in line for me, but besides, take away all of that side of me at the end of the day, I'm a super big video game and anime kind of nerd mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and being put into a situation where there's just, you know, hundreds of the same types of personalities and mindsets and passionate people that all like the same thing. It's just great, you know, and uh, it's it's just a lot of silly fun. And I think that's why I really enjoy it, you know, running around and trying to guess what, you know, characters people are from and people doing that to you, too. And then you tell them what you're actually from and they're like, oh, dang it. I, I thought that was that. But, you know, <laughs> stuff like that is super fun. Uh, can you tell us, uh, let's say an audience member is interested in a very creative soul or even very, like, science-minded, because it's as much a science as it is a creative art. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you suggest for them to how to get into it and where to learn new techniques or just, just start? For cosplay specifically? Yes. Uh, I mean, it really depends on how you want to approach it. You know, I know some people, when they come to cosplay, you know, they just want to dress up as a character even if it's not you know like perfectly crafted or whatever and they just want to go and have fun and silly and i think that is so 100 percent viable and i've done that a few times myself and then you know there's some people that might approach it that's just like 
they really want to hone in on like I want to literally look just like this character because I love that character so much. I want to like embody them themselves and that's going to be pretty difficult. You know, you got to like be able to figure out how to make all the pieces and whatnot. So I think the best place to start is probably just, you know, go online, search a bunch of different uh, popular cosplayers. Cause most of the time they have a lot of amazing guides and blogs mm-hmm. where they've like written how to craft, you know, foam armor and very cheaply mind you too, cause this stuff can get pretty expensive. So reading all their guides and whatnot is a really good starter to being able to figure out like, Oh, this is how I would do that. And whatnot. And kind of what I said earlier, it's one of those things that you can work on bit by bit every day. Right. And it can always be difficult when you see something that's animated. So it's not in real life. So it doesn't have to pertain to our physics and then try to recreate Mm -hmm. something like that in a real world. Yeah. It's, that's where the artistry and the kind of uh, scientific brain also kind of have to mix mesh, you know, they, you have to figure out like, okay, how, you know, uh, for instance, I'm a, I play tons of video games and one of my favorite series is the Mega Man or the Rock Man series. And I always wanted to cosplay Mega Man X, but I was like, I don't know how you would even look like that in real life is like (laughs) feet are like 400 miles long. And like, what do I do? And then, you know, I went online and I saw a bunch of people, uh, you know, put guides and stuff and show how you can just kind of manipulate it to make it slightly exaggerated, but not so much. It's unpractical mm-hmm. and you still look like it. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of research is a, is a lot of what goes into it, I think. And the Internet is a perfect source for something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So we were talking before and I know that. You do not have a lot of time being you work, you work, and you also act, and there's a lot going on in your life. So you aren't you aren't up to date with a lot of modern anime, but there's a yeah. lot of anime to go through. So, And I know that in the past mm-hmm. you've watched a lot of anime. So if mm-hmm. an audience member wants to get into just watching it, you know, no acting, like they're like, this is all cool, but I just want to, what should I watch? What would you suggest for them? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, that's a really difficult question because, I mean, every different anime is so vastly different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, similar to just, you know, regular movies, you know, I might like the horror slash fantasy genre. But, you know, you know, John Smith right next to me is going to be like, no, man, I like all comedies or whatever. (laughs) So (laughs) I I would say, honestly, because I, you know, I'm a I'm getting to be an old, you know, fart now. I would suggest, you know, just watching the big staples that brought anime to its popularity in America, which were things like Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon and stuff. And you kind of get a sense of where it's going. And Mm. then, you know, I mean, pretty much everyone has Netflix now. And there's definitely some pretty good, solid animes on there that are really popular. You know, Uh, like I, I think like, one of the more modern ones I watched was like Seven Deadly Sins, I think it was called. That's and that fantastic. One was good. One. Yeah, and, and that one's like a very modern anime, very different from the old school one. So it's actually kind of cool to watch a an older one and then, you know, a, a newer one and then see which you kind of like, you know? Yeah, and it, it can be interesting, especially from an artist po- standpoint, to see the changes in art from Mm -hmm. let's say the 80s the 70s even into how they use computer graphics today so yeah definitely because a lot of it back in the day was all hand-drawn with i believe they're called cells Mm -hmm. um you know you know you have those old like flip book you know pictures where each picture is slightly different and then you kind of flip through the book and then it animates them you know Mm -hmm. Uh, that's basically what anime you know and most cartoons were and now it's mostly done on the computer which obviously saves a ton of time and they can do a bunch of crazy stuff with it too yeah so we're coming to the end of our interview is there anything else you'd like to plug if anyone's in the dfw area do you have any shows coming up that they can see you in uh yeah well currently right now as of today i'm in a production of clues a musical which is a musical based off of the clue board game it's pretty silly, and we have 216 alternate endings to the show based oh. on what weapon, killer, and room it was done in. So it's always different every time you see it. 
Um, yeah, and then coming up, I'm in a production of Cabaret, also through the same uh, theater company, the Grand Prairie Arts Council, and that one will be fun as well. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. We are very happy to have you here. Have a great day. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Y'all have a good one, too. And that was Dakota James. I'd like to thank him again for coming on. And make sure to go check out those shows. Clue sounded very interesting. Oh, yes. I love shows like that. Uh, hundred and Different endings. Uh, too much. Too much. I would I would go to it every, every week and then lose all my money because <laughs> theater tickets can be a bit spendy. But just a little bit on today, we are kind of running out of time for this episode, so we will be skipping our note section. But we've kind of been giving our ideas mm-hmm. and opinions throughout this week. I feel like we're both very avid anime fans anyway, so... Yeah, so we should probably get to what, how other people can consume anime. You just eat it. Just C- Consume just eat it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a bunch of like online distribution streaming sites, of course. That's where you're, you get your subscription services. Like Funimation has a subscription service where you can get all their anime that they've licensed. There's Crunchyroll, which I've used in the past. Mm-hmm. There's Hulu, of course, and Netflix. They have their own anime that they produce, as well as the other names that you've heard, and, uh, like Naruto and stuff like that. Yeah, a big thing about that is because it's making so much money lately, they are now starting to license more studios and making mm-hmm. more. Because you were talking about the reboot of Ultron, yes. which was originally... In anime, mm-hmm. but was redone by the studio that did Legend of Korra, which is a reboot of, of Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> yes. But again, a Western, right. Western a country. Yes. But taking on an anime in their own style and the very mm-hmm. Japanese, but t- giving it their own life. So because of our information age that we live in, we are getting to a point where this stuff is starting to mesh together and it's it's hard to define stuff nowadays. Right. One way that you can find where these companies are making their debuts is anime conventions. Oh, yes. Conventions oh. all the time. And they're happening everywhere all around the country a lot of times. They can be big. They can be small. Just Google anime conventions near me and it'll pull some up for you. And what those kind of consist of are Q&A panels with a lot of voice actors, um, kind of like what we had in this interview, just talking to voice actors specifically about the show that they're on or their career or how to become a voice actor. Or like specific techniques and behind the Mm -hmm. scenes. I think the biggest thing is when you go to these, it's learning things, but also getting announcements like right. all of the, this is, this is where they get to show off their best foot forward. Right. So. Or they announce a new season of some sort and then you get cosplaying and cosplaying competition that competitions at these events. So if you wanted to get into cosplaying, like Dakota was talking about, mm-hmm. you can go there and learn a lot from all of these people, those similar personalities to what you have and just talk to people. And if you're looking for something a little bit more local, not going to your local city, but rather in your local town, there are generally, if you're in school like us, we're college kids, there's mm-hmm. an anime club at every college that exists. Oh, yes. You just have to make sure to like look for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can kind of go under the radar because it is kind of specialized. Yeah, um, niche. Uh, it's becoming less niche as the days mm-hmm. go by. With the stigmas that used to be behind it, they used to be pretty hard to find. But nowadays they can just be... A bunch of people just trying to watch some anime. Right. And that's really nice, too, especially for anime clubs, because they'll get special prices. Like, you can watch Funimation anime for free, free because you'll go to you'll be a part right. of the anime club. You'll mm-hmm. pay, like, $5 to, to join, and then you can watch a anime each week. That's mm-hmm. how they used to do it at where I used to go to school before okay. here. So, very interesting. It's, it's a little bit less... Like, we're not going to be bringing up specific things because it really does widely change depending on your country, where you are. If you're in the middle of Texas, it might be hard to find an anime convention. But then again, no, Dallas has one yeah, of the biggest ones. I believe ones. there's one coming up this week, actually. I I believe it's in the central Texas area. Mm, yep. <laughs> the 6th and the 7th, if I'm remembering correctly. Could be wrong, but it's in the central Texas area, so y'all Heck can look yeah. that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
I mean, anywhere you can go. And again, the main way of consuming this is going to be online, which brings to how much is going to cost you? I would say the, the cost of subscription services. And I feel like that can range depending on your, like, depending on your budget and which plan you go with mm-hmm. and like some plans you you can pay for more like quicker turnarounds and stuff but like 10 bucks i i i would say this uh, this hobby in particular like just to be into anime free because country roll has That's mo- true. most of the anime that you want and as long as you can live with the annoying ads as long as you can live with the ads or if you can live with that two to three week turnaround for episodes Mm -hmm. you can do it for free yeah so if you already have netflix or hulu that's true too if you're if you're watching stranger things and you've always seen those netflix originals watch seven deadly sins yes give it a try please do and i mean if you talk about anime trips (laughs) (laughs) if you want to learn some of the anime tropes one of the biggest animes is two of the biggest animes currently are on there seven deadly sins is a netflix original Mm -hmm. so it's like only on netflix but uh netflix also has brotherhood it's something brotherhood uh, Um, full metal alchemist brotherhood is on there yes which is incredible and that's actually what i started watching anime with yeah actually same (laughs) and i do recommend brotherhood and not the other one the other one the non-brotherhood so just full metal alchemist yes. i think assumes that you've read the manga right so it's much easier to get into brotherhood and really understand the story than mm-hmm. it is the original full metal alchemist but different podcast so different different podcast where we can complain about sao <laughs> oh god <laughs> so in cosplaying like dakota said could be a bit expensive depending on what you're doing but mm-hmm. i mean i've made a cosplay with paper mache and cardboard oh yeah so technically free if you could get card cardboard and the glue and stuff, but it's you can with creativity and a couple limitations, you can do a lot of things. So right. that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Planetary Overload. Make sure to come back. We're going to be doing music collecting next week. With, Yay! With this time instead of an interview, a guest. Ooh. So make sure to look forward to that. Thank you very much. Bye guys. Bye. This has been a Tarleton Radio Network podcast with production from AJ Heyer and Taylor Welch. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.